What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. Now, in the fallout from the report that indeed Jamie Foxx would be reprising his role and returning as Electro in the MCU, returning the interesting word considering he had never been in the MCU in the first place, and upon his own confirmation via social media, making sure that we all knew he wasn't playing the blue iteration, only adding further speculation to what exactly is going on in this multiverse, which versions of the characters are we planning on seeing and, of course, will Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield actually indeed be returning for a live action into the Spider-Verse film? Well, this past weekend, another industry insider weighed in with a possible clue indicating what Marvel and Sony intend on doing, returning an original character from the very first Spider-Man trilogy and a different character from the second of two Amazing Spider-Man films. We're going to break down where this report's coming from, what it said about Kirsten Dunst and Dane DeHaan coming back to reprise their roles in a future MCU film, and what this, of course, would mean for the Sony Marvel agreement and what's going on with this MCU Spider-Verse. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel-related stuff, including this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around to the end of the video. We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So I know these past couple of days things may have been confusing considering how many reports there were some total speculation and or candor others coming from industry insiders they get conflated into one report but as someone who's been reporting on all of these breaking headlines and rumors for the better part of three years now every single day what happened with an original plot leak and speculation that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire could team up alongside Tom Holland in Spider-Man 3 for a multiverse adventure. Now, this used to be just speculation, but then, of course, with the announcement that Electro would be returning, that seemed to add fuel to that fire, and those speculations and rumors showed backup now being confirmed by Electro's involvement, a character we had already seen, obviously, in a previous cinematic universe. Now, the story got even more interesting when industry insider Daniel RPK, via his Patreon just days ago, indicated that he's hearing Kirsten Dunst and Dane DeHaan could be returning, implying for their roles of Mary Jane Watson and, of course, Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. And even more interesting than them returning is the fact that they would be returning from two entirely different universes. Mary Jane Watson from the original trilogy and Dane DeHaan played the Green Goblin Norman Osborn in the very fastly defunct two-piece that was supposed to lead in to a third trilogy with the Sinister Six and Andrew Garfield that never happened. Now, this report in and of itself made headlines, and you can search it now on Google. There are a ton of publications that re-reported it, but later on his Twitter, he went on to clarify that he never specified this was for Spider-Man 3, where all of those people who pointed to that first plot leak and said, look, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield for sure coming back. Spider-Man 3 is the multiverse movie. Look, Electro is going to be there. There is plenty of time for them to repraise their role, especially if Sony looks forward thinking into what they want to do with the Spider-Verse. And look, we've talked a lot about how the Sinister Six looks like it is a definite lock now with the return of Electro. We have so many members already. And remember, Scorpion already teased his return as well for this film. It would be an awful shame for them to be introducing a Norman Osborn Green Goblin version that they wouldn't intend on being used in the MCU if they eventually are going to introduce that Norman Osborn. There's been a lot of leaks that have pointed to that. And of course, instead, Dr. Octopus, Otto Octavius, could be the one to start the Sinister Six. They have both founded versions of the team. 
But again, I don't think you'd want to go ahead and introduce a character like that in the multiverse, in alternate version, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe continuity before we met the actual Norman Osborn himself, which makes me think if Daniel RPK is hearing this and there's some truth to it, this is something that Sony is looking to do down the road in their own version of Into the Spider-Verse if that's a film they want to have on their side. And taking a big step back, there are obvious advantages to bringing back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and eventually, as according to other industry insider, of course, friend of the channel, Mikey Sutton, a Miles Morales, then you have your own Spider-Men to do whatever you like and whatever you need to cross over against Venom or whatever franchises you have. Considering how many movies they have right now that need Spider-Man and don't have one, they are in dire need. Now, the big takeaway from all of this is that even though Spider-Man 3 may end up becoming a multiverse film fitting nicely between WandaVision, Loki, and the wrap-up and multiverse of madness, it's definitely not going to introduce Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, and I think that if that is ever going to happen, it's been Big picture and way down the road there is still a lot of narrative with Tom Holland's Peter Parker at the central part of this story and even though Electro may be entering you have to think about this as sort of how it works remember the multiverse in the MCU plans on showing alternate versions John Krasinski's Captain America perhaps again they wanted Hugh Jackman's Wolverine if that's true that means there's versions of Electro across the multiverse it could be that Jamie Foxx is coming back to play this version of Electro it doesn't need to open up the multiverse in any specific way and it's definitely not going to lead to the introduction of Andrew Garfield's or Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man back right on the spot all of a sudden in Spider-Man 3. This is going to be a very, very long play and the MCU right off the bat definitely doesn't have enough narrative to afford if they're going to set up the Sinister Six to also be introducing the multiverse and alternate versions of Peter Parker all in one film. That is absolutely not Marvel style. That sounds like something that they would have done over at DC years ago, and hopefully even then, DC has learned from that. Either way, guys, let me know all your thoughts down in the comments about all of this. A, if they are all gonna team up, would you be happy to see that and how far down the road? Hopefully that'll be its own thing over at Sony. And B, what are your expectations from Spider-Man 3? Let me know all your thoughts. It's pretty clear it's a Sinister Six lead-in. We just don't know how. And of course, that answer will be tied to whatever they're doing with Electro and how Marvel and Sony intend on explaining this all. Guys, let me know your thoughts about the Spider-Verse down below. And quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff. Before I let you go, we're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros just in time for the PlayStation 5 to come out. Of course, we will switch to giving away PlayStation 5s. We've just got to get them in hand. And with the delays to pre-orders and limits, we're not going to do that till we actually have them. In the meantime, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark, which we will easily hit by month's end. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We gave away two at the channel this year already. We're going to give this third and final one away in just a couple of months during the holiday season in December. If you want to be entered to win either of the PlayStations or any of the other future prizes up ahead, including this limited edition Infinity Saga box set, all the same rules will always apply at the channel. Hit the subscribe button because you have to be a subscriber. Then make sure to hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the videos. Leave a like and a comment on this video. And because it's truly random, the more videos you like and comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos the same way we're doing here. And if you've missed any of the previous winner announcements, no worries. All you have to do is go back to the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on that video, 
scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman. This is everything always, guys. Thanks so much for checking out the channel. Stick around. We will be posting again real, real soon. While Marvel films just seems to get bigger and bigger with every passing year, Black Panther continues to stand above its contemporaries. A record-breaking success, a pop culture phenomenon, an Oscar nominee for Best Picture, and a film that shattered barriers across the world, this 2018 superhero movie was about as artfully designed as comic book cinema could ever hope to be. Black Panther packs in enough world-building for an epic fantasy trilogy, introduces dozens of memorable characters, adapts multiple comic book story arcs, and sends the audience home with a powerful, socially relevant message that can't be forgotten. Before Black Panther was a finished film, though, it was a script, a camera, and a whole bunch of scenes that needed to be strung together. Editing is one of the most underappreciated aspects of film production. In general, no matter how good your material is, keeping the pace tight means being ruthless about which scenes matter and which don't. Hard choices are required. In a 2018 press interview, director Ryan Coogler said that there was one scene in particular, set in the wake of T'Challa's apparent death, that he was, quote, incredibly proud of, but which he simply couldn't fit into the film. Now, Coogler talks this scene up for a reason. Set in the Wakandan citadel high above the city, it depicts Okoye and Wakabi in a tense verbal confrontation over Killmonger's takeover of Wakanda, which has resulted in T'Challa's apparent death. The two of them, both loyal to Wakanda above all else, are split in regard to Killmonger's goals. Aside from the phenomenal acting by both performers, the scene also showcases the characters as individuals, as leaders, and as two people in a relationship. This is what you would have me leave the daughter for. To bring our children into this world where they become conquerors. Yes. In an interview with The Wrap, Black Panther editor Michael Shaver described this terrific sequence as the one scene that was the most heartbreaking to cut from the film. He recalled, Toward the end, after things go bad and Killmonger is in control and all that, we're talking about what are they going to do? What is Wakanda going to become? Those are two powerhouse actors, and it was an incredible scene with so many layers to it. Boyfriend and girlfriend, it was General and her advisor, all those things. That was painful. That said, both he and Coogler agreed that it had to go. As Shawver put it, film editing requires being hyper-aware of moments where the audience might lose immersion. At that point in the movie, it's about two-thirds through, and that's when most movies drag. Ours was taking a while to get to that point. The Okoye Wakabi scene wasn't the only great moment to go splat on the cutting room floor. Shawver said, there's a scene between T'Challa and Zuri which sets up their relationship. It sort of lets you attach yourself to their father-son dynamic so that later on in the film, you really feel more. Coogler and company also made the tough decision of cutting a great emotional beat between T'Challa and his real father, T'Chaka. This scene is a flashback set immediately after the events in the opener, wherein T'Chaka kills Killmonger's father in Jobu, and it shows T'Chaka back home in Wakanda telling a younger T'Challa of a difficult choice he just made. But some choices are harder than others. I am sure you did what is right for Wakanda. You always do. You are a great king, Baba. The young boy proclaims that when he grows up and dons the Black Panther costume, he will use his claws to ensure that his father never dies. There's a lot of great foreshadowing here, and the scene does help establish how the roles of King and Black Panther aren't quite synonymous. Still, you can see why it got cut. Nice or not, there's nothing critical here that isn't established elsewhere in the film, and deleting the scene allowed the narrative to get back to the present day much more rapidly, at a point in the story where pacing is particularly crucial. Either way, every movie has to make cuts, and Black Panther was no different. But Coogler and company can take pride in having such high quality and emotional resonance, even in scenes that didn't make it to the big screen. Check out one of our newest videos right here! Plus, even more Looper videos about your favorite superhero movies are coming soon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss a single one.
Are Sony and Marvel setting up a live-action Spider-Verse? This is Nerdist Now. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can, which in this case seems to be transcending the very fabric of space and time to create one live-action Spider-Verse. Now, the Oscar-winning awesomeness of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse must have started a few hamsters a-spinning in their brain wheels over at Marvel and Sony, because a new report seems to confirm that they are, in fact, crossing the time streams to create one er cinematic universe. Now, if we're right about this, it could be considered a spoiler, so if you're worried about that kind of thing, Make like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and grab a nice hot slice until all of this is over. Pizza time. Now, on Thursday, The Hollywood Reporter Hollywood reported that Jamie Foxx is in talks to reprise his role as the villain Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the yet-to-be-named Tom Holland starring Spider-Man 3. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would Jamie Foxx want to do that? Well, the answer is probably a giant burlap sack with a dollar sign painted on it, as well as the fact that the current MCU is, like, way better than Amazing Spider-Man 2 ever was. But the return of Electro from the Amazing Spider-Man universe has larger implications especially when taken in conjunction with Spider-Man Far From Home's shocking post-credits reveal that J.K. Simmons is back as J. Jonah Jameson. But not the J. Jonah Jameson we remember, a full-blown Alex Jones-esque Infowars kind of guy. And back in 2019, we wrote about how this moment was the unofficial reveal of Marvel's multiverse, because clearly this isn't the J. Jonah Jameson from the Raimi movies. This timeline wouldn't add up, but the similarities are undeniable. This is, therefore, a parallel reality version of the J. Jonah Jameson we once knew. Now, given WandaVision's reality-warping tomfoolery, the time-traveling ramifications of Avengers Endgame, and the glaringly obvious subtitle of the Doctor Strange sequel, the Marvel multiverse is, in fact, very much a thing. And while the Spumsy, or the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters, if you're nasty, is considered to be a separate entity, we know they're trying to connect the Tom Holland Spider-Man films to other movies like Venom 2 and Morbius. Remember Morbius? I do. As we reported on Nerdist News back in February, the Morbius trailer is jam-packed full of references and clues that link it to not just the Sam Raimi trilogy, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. From the vulture himself appearing in that trailer to subtler clues like a poster calling Spider-Man a murderer, itself a reference to the end of Far From Home that used art from the PS4 Spider-Man game, and a costume from the Raimi films, the evidence just keeps on adding up. That's to say nothing of the fact that Sam Raimi himself is joining the MCU to direct Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Now this, of course, leads us back to some larger questions we have about what this Spider-Verse could possibly be. Is it a series of parallel universes that could one day intersect as a result of WandaVision and Endgame? Are there multiple Spider-Mans just swinging around? What other classic characters could return? Is it pizza time yet? Will Electro look like someone melted a Dr. Manhattan figure again? Hopefully not, but only space-time will tell. But remember, Kevin Feige once said, Spider-Man also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. Now, if one of those surprises happens to be the emergence of a Spider-Verse in live action, we're keeping our fingers crossed we'll see the likes of Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man Noir, and maybe even Spider-Ham in glorious live action. Or even better, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland all slinging webs and trading quips together. But in the meantime, tell us, what do you think of this theory? What would you like to see from a live-action Spider-Verse? Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in pop culture, make sure that you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.
What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman. Now it was just about 24 hours after the Q3 earnings call from this year, we heard it announced that Disney and Marvel Studios may be doing an Investors Day meeting on October 7th, which would have been just a couple of days from now. While unfortunately, given the current circumstance and with having to move Black Widow back, that Investors Day meeting was canceled. However, we do have a Q4 earnings call coming up and where there could have been some announcements at this Investors Day meeting, we expect those announcements to take place there, even given everything we've already learned about the Miss Marvel and She-Hulk casting, and of course the WandaVision trailer. We're going to break down exactly when you can expect to see this and what you might expect to hear announced there, but first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel-related stuff, including this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around to the end of the video, we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So, Walt Disney has announced officially that they will be doing the Q4 2020 earnings webcast the same way they did Q3, and that Walt Disney Company will discuss the fiscal gear in full in the fourth quarter 2020 financial results via a live audio webcast. That webcast is scheduled for 4.30 p.m. on Thursday, November 12th, 2020. Now, of course, we suspected there would be a ton of announcements, the castings that we got, the WandaVision trailer reveal at this Investors Day meeting, which would have actually taken place tomorrow. Well, that's since been canceled, but we still have a ton of question marks for Marvel and Disney, especially with their Disney Plus and what's going on with the release dates for these two television shows, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. So at the absolute very least, I would suspect we will have release dates either at that meeting or sometime following that considering how important that is to their financial bottom line and an update as to what's going on with them. They should have a lot more clearer picture now as you've been hearing about all these production updates back on set and filming for both series. And in fact, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier may be wrapped in the US sometime soon. And if they haven't already, headed overseas to the Czech Republic in Prague. Either way, now that they know what's going on with those series, a release date makes a lot of sense. And of course, as far as the Q4 earnings call for them, it's not a lot. The Disney theme parks not open or turning any sort of revenue the way they used to. Of course, a complete wash at the box office. And for Disney and the way that it's been this year, their report's going to be very similar to everybody else and a complete wash for what's going on. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below as well as your expectations for what you're expecting from this Q4 earnings call. We got a lot of announcements already over the last couple of weeks, especially with the castings and the WandaVision trailer. But there are still a ton of question marks. Just know and remember that this is an audio webcast only so don't expect to see any visuals like any brand new trailers for Loki, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, even Shang-Chi. If you remember Simu Liu said that we would have gotten a trailer for Shang-Chi earlier this year but it wasn't to be. Let me know all your thoughts down below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark which we are right around the corner from. If you want to be entered to win all you have to do is hit the subscribe button then hit the notification bell leave a like and a comment on this video and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel like this insane one-fourth scale xm studios beta ray bill and our third and final infinity saga box set all you have to do to be entered to win hit the subscribe button then hit the notification bell leave a like and a comment on this video and because it's truly random the more videos you like and comment on the better chance you have of winning all winners will be announced at the end of the videos the same way we're doing here and if you've missed any of the previous winner announcements no worries all you have to do 
scroll back through the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on the video, and scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman, this is everything always guys, thanks so much for checking out the channel and stick around, we'll be posting again real real soon. Let's get into main topic number one. And our first main topic today gets submitted to us by Danny. And Danny writes, So, with the news of Electro coming back in Spider-Man 3 and speculation of Maguire and Garfield possibly returning too. Now remember, that Maguire-Garfield thing is all pure speculation. Nobody's actually saying that's happening. Just keep that in mind. What are the chances we see new iterations of Spider-Man we haven't seen before in this film pop-up other Peter Parker's perhaps, or even miles or noir Spider-Man. If it does well, could Sony end up spinning off such characters into their own standalone films? What do you think? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yes, when the world, the movie fan world got shocked the other day, like totally and other utterly shocked the other day with news of, Electro, you know, Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. How big of a role? How small of a role? What would the nature of that role be? Will it be the exact same as Electro's before? There's still a lot of questions in the air, but still, the fact that they announced that they were bringing him back, it has thrown open the floodgates of the possibilities of what could this mean? What else could they do? Could they actually bring back Andrew Garfield? Could they actually bring back Tobey Maguire? And now, that has spun into even more. Well, could they bring in more iterations of Spider-Man? And you're not the first person to ask this, Danny. I mean, I've seen a lot of different movie websites writing articles about where else could Sony go? Could they bring in live action versions of the Spider-Man variants we got in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Could we have four or five Peter Parkers from alternate dimensions? Could those Peter Parkers get their own Spider-Man movies? You know, Peter Parker number one, Peter Parker number two. Could we get Ben Riley, Rob? Could Ben <laughs> Riley show up? That's the one Spider-Man iteration. I know not a lot of people like the clone stuff, but I got to tell you, the, I, I like the Ben Riley story. I don't know why, but that's, uh, that's a subject for another day. I would say there are two things to keep in mind right now. Thing number one is this, is that with Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro, and hell, if you want to go by extension, Ben Affleck coming back as Batman, we are living in an era right now where literally all bets are off. Like nothing that would be the normal rules apply right now. And that's not just because of the pandemic. I mean, there's other things right now. All the rules are out the window. I would say this though, Rob, I doubt that we're going to see Sony at least go so far as to create multiple Peter Parkers and then have those variant Peter Parkers go on to have their own Spider-Man franchises. I doubt, at least on the, the movie screen, I doubt we're going to see that. And the reason, Rob, that I doubt that is because what it does is it dilutes their fan base. It dilutes their IP, right? There, there's only so much you can do. You, you still have to have, in a Wild West experimental whatever, you still have to have some sense of protection for your IP. And you don't want to dilute it too much and you don't want to have it splintered off too much. And so while I do think, look, I think we're, we're going to get Spider-Woman, we're going to get you know, uh, I, I think at some point, you know, we're going to continue. We're obviously going to get another Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And diff there's different ways to do iterations. But like as far as multiple Peter Parkers with their own spinoff things, I think for movie screens and from a business point of view, I don't think that would work. 
and it would have a small audience, but I think a lot for a lot of the movie going on should just be what the hell's going on. So I don't think they'll go that far. But Rob, we are living in a world where almost anything goes. Do you think we could see things go that far in the immediate future? Well, I think that there's there's the possibility of going too far. Um, you know, it, it seems to be all the rage with multiple Batmans coming back, and they've already done Into the Spider-Verse, and they did it very well. I mean, Hollywood, you know, they like to copy things that are proven uh, proven formulas. But I, I, I mean, I could see it. Look at the picture that you have up, the thumbnail that you have up right now. That's pretty dope. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I, I would watch that, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I look at that picture and I'm like, did Ray make that? That's a really cool picture. Like, I'm like, I would, I would watch that movie if that was, and it would be fun to see. So I, I just think though, that uh, this kind of gimmicky thing might overshadow the whole film itself. But then again, the animated Into the Spider-Verse was so good that if 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 the movie was good and the script was good, it might transcend the gimmick nature of it all. And that's that's the only thing that I worry about with all these multiverse. You've got to still have a great story. And at the end of the day, you know, I need to have a great story about great characters. And there's got to be a, you have to take me on a journey where I've learned something. And I, I just hope that the gimmick doesn't overshadow the movies themselves because yeah. if they have a good reason to put all these characters together and they work well together like they did in into the spider-verse we could get something really special but if not it could collapse under its own weight i think your example of into the spider-verse is apt because like one of the things that they did very intentionally was that when you look at spider-man into the spider-verse what didn't they do they didn't make it about all these other universal Spider-Man variants, right. right? It was very much, and even with Peter being in there, I mean, you could make an argument that it was a movie about Miles and Peter. You could also just make an argument it was really about Miles. But when they did bring in these alternate variations despite from different universes, one of the interesting things was even though it was just animated, what they were very purposeful in doing was making sure there was only one Miles, there was only one Peter. There was only one, I can't remember what the anime girl's name was, Penny. There was only one Penny Parker. There was only one Noir. There was only one Spider-Ham. Mm. You know, they, 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 while it was a multiverse thing, it was still very, very unique and different characters. And I think we already see Sony doing that in live action a little bit, right? Because we've got the fact that they're introducing Spider-Woman. We've, we've heard about, or Madam Web. We've heard about Silk, you know, so maybe with like very definitively different, unique characters within that Spider-Verse um, genre, if you will, almost like it's a genre under itself. But again, that far, I think you're right, Rob. I think once you get into, okay, we're going to have five Peter Parkers, that that gets a little bit gimmicky. I think you're right. And I don't know that you can go that far. Uh, yeah. And also, there's not a lot of differential between them. You know, it's not like they have different costumes. They're all very similar looking. So it's going to, you know, what was interesting about Into the Spider-Verse is Peter Parker was much older. You know, Miles Morales and Peter Parker were not like high school chums. You know, they were far apart right. in age. So that that really differentiated the characters and gave, gave us something new and unique. But if you have 
three Spider-Men that are pretty similar, how do you make that interesting? I don't know. It's uh, it will be interesting, but hey, I mean, there's no <clears throat> denying there would be a lot of initial excitement if they did it. But again, I, this is one of those concepts to me that feels like it would be great for a 10 minute YouTube video, right? But not necessarily for a full fledged movie. But we are let's just call it we're living in an age where you can't say it's out of the realm of possibility. Nope, it's not. It's, I don't think it'll happen, but it is not outside of the realm of possibility. Question is, guys, what do you think about that? Do you think do you think Sony at this point could have like multiple Peter Parkers, multiple whatever, and then have them all doing their own movies at the same time? Is that something the market could hold? Maybe yes, maybe no. Jump down to the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and Marvel's villains are party crashers who never really leave. Sometimes because they make the party better. Sometimes because they lock themselves in the bathroom and charge you to use it. But here's the thing, Marvel has confirmed more of these past villains to return in upcoming titles. Zemo from Civil War as the villain in The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and the real Mandarin coming in Shang-Chi. They're even bringing back Jamie Foxx Electro from the Sonyverse into the MCU Spider-Man 3, uh-huh. And when you run down this list, most of Marvel's past villains are perfectly set up to return. Even the losers we haven't thought about in years. So I'm gonna break down the 30 forgotten Marvel villains and explain where we might see them next. And this video is brought to you by Squarespace. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build you a beautiful online presence and run your business. Okay, let's start with a villain we'll never forget, actually. Thanos, the ultimate big, thick, bad of the Infinity Saga, and a dude we did see die twice. But you know the rule, guy dies once, no questions, guy dies twice, so many times are we gonna go through this? It fooled me, we can't get fooled again. And with Avengers Endgame splitting the MCU into a multiverse of timelines, theoretically alternate timeline versions of Thanos still exist, like in that timeline Loki just escaped into, uh-oh. Now, it seems doubtful that we will see the adult conqueror Brolin Thanos again anytime soon, but there has been speculation that we will see a young Thanos origin story as a subplot in the Eternals film. I broke it down how that could be a very cool way to explore the genetic history of the MCU. But let us jump back to the beginning. The Ten Rings and the Mandarin. The terrorist network behind Raza reappeared in Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, the All Hail the King short, and even Ant-Man. And then radio silence. But Tony Leung is playing the true Mandarin in Shang-Chi, which is gonna be a martial arts tournament movie that I've speculated could lead to a Beyonder Battle World Secret Wars event. Then from the first Hulk film, Thunderbolt Ross came back for Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, and now it seems Black Widow, leading many of us to think that he is destined for his turn as Red Hulk, either in the She-Hulk series, maybe a future Avengers film. But also still alive from that film is Abomination Emil Blonsky, who in 2017, Kevin Feige confirmed remained locked in a prison somewhere. Same goes for the leader, Samuel Stearns, last seen with his cranium bulging out, likely being set up as the tall-domed head of the intelligentsia. Feige was asked about him in a post-Endgame Reddit AMA and he suggested that no character is forgotten. And that also goes for Justin Hammer. He vowed to dance back in the MCU one day. I'm gonna make a prom for you. I'm gonna be seeing you again real soon. 
He did make a brief cameo at Seagate Prison in that All Hail the King short, and his company's weaponry cameoed in Luke Cage on Netflix, which I don't think is MCU canon. It would just pose some glitches in the Matrix with Cornell Stokes, aka Blade, and Mariah, aka Pissed Off Civil War Mom. But with Iron Man 2, we gotta talk about Ivan Bonko Whiplash. He almost certainly croaked in that self-destruction blast to the Biodome, but there had been some stretch theories that his Russian background could tie into Natasha Romanov's past. Natasha, daughter of Ivan. Ah, because he knows your daddy's name. I didn't. Daughter of Ivan could have just meant daughter of generic Russian name, or even a nod to the father figure from the comics, Ivan Petrovich Bezukov, who did return as a creepy, incesty cyborg in the comics. Really, that theory of Whiplash being Natasha's dad is a retcon I don't think anyone wants. Now, we do know Loki is returning after Avengers Endgame and his own Disney Plus series next year, but he's not forgotten, and he's not really even a villain at this point. He's just more of a bad boy. But on to Red Skull, that retiree keeping that 9 to 5 as sole stone keeper on Vormir and Infinity War and Endgame. Earlier this year, Ross Marquand stated that the directors confirmed that after the Soul Stone is claimed, Red Skull is free to roam, and that he might return to Earth with a vendetta, or become a godly observer intervening when called upon. But I guess it would be kind of cool to see Red Skull return in other ways, like that superior being plot with Adam Warlock in Guardians Volume 3. More on him later. And yes, we do know the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is bringing back Zemo in an apparent plot to assemble Dark Avengers replacement team, the Thunderbolts, along with... Spoiler warning for this Disney Plus series, because this isn't official yet. Batrock the Leaper, with Georges St. Pierre showing up in set photos, perhaps a member of that Thunderbolts lineup. Next, Ultron, we have made many theories about. In Spider-Man Homecoming, Peter found an Ultron sentry head with its red eyes glowing, which was supposed to mark Ultron's consciousness in that particular drone. Now yes, Vision did seem confident when he kept Ultron's digital spread to the sentries within the Sokovian city, and he seemed to have eradicated the last of them down to to that last one. That fun detail was the same one Cap tossed off the ledge earlier, but whether Peter's sentry head or a dusty blinking server in the Sokovian ruins, I just pray that this is the dawning of the age of Ultron. I really forced that, I'm sorry. Ant-Man villain Darren Cross, Yellow Jacket, appeared to die a horrific death. But director Peyton Reed hinted that he might have just disappeared into the quantum realm, a place he's going to be exploring even further in Ant-Man 3. If Cross is still alive, he's going to be short and arm because it shrunk before the rest of them did. Showing that, please. But before we move on, thanks again to Squarespace for sponsoring this video. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. Are you looking for a website to sell your wares? You got some sexy Phil Coulson art that the world needs to see? Well, you can present your work using Squarespace's professional portfolio designs, display projects and customizable galleries, and add password-protected pages to share private work with clients. You can auto-post your content to Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. You can also easily import from Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, and other platforms to give your site the personal visual flair that you want. Squarespace will even sell you a URL. Now, I'm not sure if ericvossmarvelmusicals.com is available, but if it is, Squarespace will sell it to you. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to our custom URL in the description to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Okay, Doctor Strange left the door open for Mordo's return in the post credit scene. Too many sorcerers. 
which I have recently interpreted as a mission to kill an out-of-control Scarlet Witch in Multiverse of Madness, as opposed to saving her, which I think will be Strange's goal. Additionally, Dormammu remains a very active threat in the Dark Dimension, especially now that Strange no longer has the Time Stone to keep him at bay with the threat of a tortuous Groundhog Day time loop. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 left us with Aisha and Adam Warlock. I think I shall call him Adam. Preparing a comeback against the Guardians, probably in Volume 3, if it ever happens. Spider-Man Homecoming left a lot of loose ends with Adrian Toomes' Vulture, Scorpion Matt Gargan, and someone still out there, Shocker, Herman Schultz. And Toomes, at least, is confirmed to reappear in the Sonyverse Spumsy in Morbius next year. Now, we're still waiting to see how much Sony's Sinister Six plans tie into the main MCU, because, you know, Sony and Disney Marvel are separate studios for now. Thor Ragnarok expanded that world with all kinds of goofballs who could return. Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster was left alive, for now at least, facing the Sakaar revolutionaries. I'm proud of you all. This revolution has been a huge success. Yay us. But I think it's still open-ended exactly what happened to Hela, who appeared swept away by Searcher's sword, but she is an Asgardian demigod, and Thor proved that they can survive in space. And same goes for Surtur, who likely could have returned to Muspelheim after torching Asgard. Now, some theories pose that Killmonger could resurrect after his dramatic end in Black Panther. Just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships. With one theory being that his corpse could be reanimated by the undersea rival kingdom of Atlantis and Namor. But remember, much of Black Panther 2 is still probably being reconfigured. And again, Marvel, just take your time. No rush on that. Ant-Man and the Wasp villain Ghost was another loose end. Scott's trip to the quantum realm in the post credit scene was intended to retrieve quantum healing particles to help Ghost's phase shifting condition. But then the snap happened, and five years later, she's still hanging out somewhere. Similarly, we never really got answers on the mysterious buyer of Sonny Birch. My buyers don't take no for an answer. And I have promised results to some dangerous people. With theories speculating Oscorp, Roxxon, Hammer Industries, or AIM, the weapons company of the late Aldrich Killian. Captain Marvel left alive Yon Rog and the Kree, an imperialist threat to the planet I definitely think is coming back in the Captain Marvel sequel or secret invasion plots, which the recently announced Fury Disney Plus series looks like it could be setting up with evidence of a Kree Skrull shadow war on Earth. I thought Kree having sleeper cells was top secret information. The same goes for the Kree zealot Ronan, who also promised to return. We'll be back for the weapon. The core. The woman. Now remember, Ronan dies in 2014, so any return by him must mean Captain Marvel 2, Fury, or whatever else he comes back in must be a prequel story. Now let's talk about Brock Rumlow, Crossbones, and Hydra. They appeared to meet their end with Captain America Civil War, with Wanda making sure he felt every second of it. But again, all the timeline meddling of Avengers Endgame brought him back along with Sitwell. Hail Hydra. Suggesting some hypothetical alternate timeline with Rumlow in which Hydra believes Captain America to be one of their own? I don't know if Marvel will ever return to this idea, but it is one of many alternate Cap histories I am dying to see someday. We've also made theories about the return of Mysterio based on Peter Parker stupidly failing to ask Edith any follow-up questions. Is this real? All illusions are down, Peter. We also know that Team Mysterio is much bigger than a living Quentin Beck. Remember, box of scraps! Reva delivered that doctored footage to J. Jonah Jameson. Are you sure you want to commence the drone attack? There will be significant casualties. Do it! Execute them all! 
so, alive or dead, the fake news illusions of Team Mysterio can continue to ruin Peter Parker's life for years to come. Our final forgotten villain is perhaps the one I'm most excited about. Arnim Zola! The Captain America villain the filmmakers keep bringing back in disembodied form in Winter Soldier and a tiny cameo in Endgame, the screenwriter stated wanting to turn Zola into the MCU's MODOK, mental organism designed only for killing, rumored to appear in an upcoming MCU title. This would bring Zola full circle with the android body his early blueprints intended him to live on in if you were looking closely in that first Cap film. So there you go, that's at least 30 villains the MCU could revisit in upcoming titles. And that's not even counting the new villains coming ahead in the pipeline. Kang the Conqueror, Mephisto, Nightmare, Gore the God Butcher, Doctor Doom, Magneto, Galactus, Norman Osborn. So many reasons to be afraid. But hey, at least those villains are fictional. Come on and talk about these Marvel theories with me on New Rockstar's official Discord server by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash newrockstars. Subscribe to New Rockstars, hit that notification bell, follow me on Instagram at EA Voss, follow New Rockstars. Thank you for watching. Boom.